Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 855am 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples tuning in and acknowledge that uh, a lot of the language on this show is of an Anglo-Saxon nature given that on some of the lands that make up this big island and the smaller ones around it there have been people since time began, sister girls and brother boys. If you want to get in touch with the show, and there'll be lots of reasons because I've got two great guests on the show today, um, you can do so by emailing outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line, only a week till Fastlane. And look for posts on Facebook um, being Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions I express on the show are my own, not those necessarily of any organisation with which I'm associated. Shouldn't be any content warnings for the day, maybe um, um, low-level mentions of homophobia in earlier times and lesbophobia um, and all that sort of thing and similar things, but um, shouldn't be too huge. Um and our second guest on the show today at about 12.30 will be a 3CR person themselves, Tilda Joy. Um, Tilda will be joining me to talk about next week's fabulous binary busted broadcast, BBB. Uh, but right now on the Zoom lines, I have um, with me um, a wonderful guest to talk about a wonderful um, documentary which premieres on ABC TV Plus tonight, of um, this very night as we go to air on Sunday the 14th of March, and we'll have a chat about that. And um, uh, um, their name is, well, I've, given, I've, I've just taken away a first question. Um, it is a big welcome to Abby Popjoy, um, who is also known as AP. Abby, welcome to the 3CR Airwaves. I might get you to do that again because after all my preparation, I forgot to put a button on because the 55-year-old, which we're going to talk about, still got the technology wrong, so I'll get That's you to fine. say that again. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. A pleasure. And uh, I use the pronoun she, her, if it's okay to ask. Can I clarify which pronouns you use, if any? Yeah, I use they, them pronouns. And it's really important that we value all genders and sexualities, including um, the pronouns that people use, if any. And AP, you've got um, you've been the director producer of a wonderful documentary, as I say, that airs um, tonight on um, ABC TV Plus. Tell us all about it. Um, how did um, this um, all come about? Um, you know, sort of it's um, well that that the documentary is your show for why did she have to tell the world but now it's this, out of the pan is your show to tell us about it <laughs> yeah um so why did she have to tell the world is a half hour uh documentary that's premiering for the abc compass season for 2021 um and it's a story about phyllis paps and francesca curtis who is who are known as the first lesbian couple to come out nationally um, on television in 1970 on an ABC TV show called This Day Tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, so the documentary explores them and their 50-year relationship um, up until the marriage equality debate. So it's been about two years in the making, so we're really excited to get it out. 
Um, but we first came across this story in April 2019 um, when the women reached out to me when I was researching about their experiences at the Australian Queer Archives. So it was kind of a, it was a weird situation. Phyllis found me and kind of flew into my email inbox one day and was asking if she could meet me and we could um, uh, chat about why I was reading and digging into her life, which is fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, and we met and there was just this instant connection and instant friendship and we just thought, oh, well, we have to make a documentary about this. Yeah, well, look, I think this is, it's important for so many reasons. Um, we need to talk about the stories of seniors of all sorts and then I'll say seniors in rainbow communities. But, um, you know, we can forget sometimes we, you know, it's good. I think that in Australia overall, yes, we've made some progress for um, gay gay men and lesbians, but we forget that it was tough. I mean, 1970, I, mean, I might just ask you to frame a little of the legal and social landscape then and, um, all, um, you know, as to um, what what was going on then. We hear, we do hear about issues for, uh, I, I will use the terminology, men attracted to men, um, of course, in terms of decriminalising um, consenting acts. But what was the situation perhaps for lesbians in Australia in the 1970s, just to give a framework? Yeah, it was it was such a pivotal time. I mean, 1970 was really just the mentality was still the end of the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very, very conservative government, very conservative um, legalities around the community at that time. And as said before, for gay men or men who were attracted to men, um, it was illegal. And they were definitely conceived, like seen as either mentally ill or criminals. Um, and, this, and the same was for lesbians. However, it wasn't illegal to be openly gay, like a gay woman. Um, but we were, but lesbian women were left, left out of that legislation completely because people just didn't think that lesbians existed. They didn't think that uh, it was a, a true thing. They thought it was a myth, which I think created a different type of struggle for women who were really in the closet and didn't have any understanding of themselves. So, so there was a lot of political activity happening that time, the Vietnam War, the beginning of uh, the feminist movement. But uh, for, for lesbians, it really was a time of just finding other community. There, there was nothing for lesbians at all. It was just mm. it didn't like it didn't exist. Yeah, look, very, very much so. And, you know, we we see this so often um, still nowadays for trans and gender diverse people, for perhaps for bi plus people. Um, um, I'm not. I don't feel quite as competent to comment for people with intersex variations, but you know, this sort of a problem. I would guess most likely, you know, finding each other can still be an issue. So I hope that that sort of helps us um, relate. Um, you know, some of our listeners who may be younger or from different communities relate relate to that. I think that connection that we all know is so important. So they came to you, and you you built a relationship with these two lovely women. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, it was it was it was just it was a really special connection from day one. I think even though we're fifty years apart or more, um, it was just this weird connection that like our identities were kind of in sync, and you feel a, a great uh, deal of admiration for these women and what they did. But it's funny now after making the documentary, which of course is about them being absolute trailblazers. I think first and foremost, I just see them as two very, very dear friends of mine, almost like family, almost like family. And I think that this documentary wouldn't have been made without that trusting relationship. And mm. it, it took a while, uh, you know, a while to, to build that and to be able to ask hard questions like documentaries do. But 
I can't really explain it other than it's just been a connection from day one. It's it. I, I do think there was some some higher thing in the universe happening that brought us together. It's very bizarre how we found each other in this world. Yep. No, look, sometimes it's meant to be, and I think it is um, you know, so important that we tell the story of Fran- Francesca Curtis and Phyllis Paps and all the things that, well, they were and still are. Um, I just, I have to get one small trivia question out of my head. Who was the host of to this day tonight for this episode? Bill Peach. I thought it might have been. Was the, was the host. Um, and I, I'm unsure of the um, the director of This Day Tonight, but the story goes that he was uh, away. He was interstate during this, the filming of this interview um, and he came back after it was filmed and it was aired and he was absolutely horrified and he, he said if he was on the ground during that time, he would have never aired it. And I'm pretty sure there was some people in management for this day tonight that did get sacked as well. <gasps> um, so, yeah, for being involved. So it was it was a lot. But, yeah, Bill Peach, who was pretty much the face of uh, 1970s TV presenters during the time, um, yep. he was he was the host. Yeah, well, um, I, we could have a lot. I could, I could do lots of... Um... You know, TV trivia questions, but I'll, I'll refrain. Um, Michael Michael <laughs> Schilberger and um, well, yeah. on commercial TV, Mike Willisie, who in fairness did a great doco about trans mm. many years ago, but that's another story. Mm. But um, so you, you got the relationship going, but you, of course, um, it's not just um, at your your side of things as, um, you know, the um, on terms of creating this doco, um, you, of course, needed a team and that was really important yeah. for you. Absolutely, and also finding a team that uh, Sue and I'm um, not Sue, uh, Phyllis and Francesca mm. connected with as well. Um, but th- this documentary has been made um, with my fabulous co-creator and producer Bonnie Scott, and we were kind of there from day one. And um, I kind of brought her on the project when I uh, kind of graduated, and I thought, oh, I have to tell the story. I ran over to her house. We had cups of tea, and I basically pitched the documentary to her, and she was like, "Yeah, let's let's do it. That sounds great." Um, and Phyllis and Francesca uh, love Bonnie and I and we're <clears throat> really big parts of their lives. But also, you know, a shout out to our executive producers, Sue Maslin and Diana Fisk, who were absolute guiding forces in this and having them be able to provide their knowledge on how to get these types of story ma- stories made was amazing. Um, we also had a fabulous uh, director of photography, Flick Smith, and our editor, Taylor Martin, who sat in a dark room with me for hours to cut the documentary and didn't complain once. So that's great. <laughs> that's now the world, but all of that's impressive. I mean, as someone who did, 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 used to do a bit of community TV, I was in huge awe of the people doing the editing because, you know, we were there maybe half an hour or if, if there were breakdowns, which there were on community TV now, but then you've got to do all that editing and fine tuning and continuity and all the stuff afterwards oh. is just quite amazing. Yeah. Um, so a big, a big tip they're, to that. They're, they're, yeah. Different breed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well done for their their concentration and um you know sort of um a great team um of um you know people yeah. in there. But um you know perhaps I'll I'll throw throw one in here. Um let's do um I'm going to ask you to give a couple of I'll use the word teasers not spoilers um for the documentary tonight. Um what sort of things <laughs> let's yeah. make sure we want we want people to watch of course. Um you know sort of yeah. um what sort of things um, are discussed in broad terms? Yeah, well, uh, in broad terms, in broad strokes, we've got life that was that was for gay women in 1970. We've got marriage equality. We've got friendship. 
we've got some some laughs in there too. I promise it's not all sad. There's definitely some laughs. Um, and we've got two women who paved the way for everybody else after them. So it's going to be a big, big night. Yeah, no, very, 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 very huge. And I, th- I think you've you've touched on a point there. Um, you know that um, perhaps um, you know sort of as we as touched on earlier, there is you know has been some degree of progress for lesbians and gay men. Um, and you know marriage equality happened, which um, from that perspective was a good thing. Although there's ongoing debates about mm-hmm. how marriage equality was achieved on from all angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people forget that for older, um, well, I'm going to say rainbow people, I'll broaden this bit beyond lesbians, that, you know, to go on TV in 1970 as an out um, rainbow person is a pretty was a pretty huge thing. It was massive, absolutely massive. Yeah, um, I think it was. And I mean, you know, um, so I'll, again, I'll do a, te- a specific teaser question. Um, does it talk about... Um, you know, how Phyllis and Francesca felt just before they, you know, sort of went on air um, or, or recorded that mm-hmm. original interview? Mm-hmm. It definitely touches upon um, kind of how, how they felt about the interview and, and in a retrospective sense, but, but also uh, the devastating effects that it had on their lives as well. Uh-huh. A really intimate sort of like portrayal of their family and their friends and how that, how that was impacted after coming out nationally. Um, so there's a lot of ins and outs. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it though. <laughs> no, that's the thing. You've given us teasers. That's what we like on yeah. the show. So it really is important. And um, there's well, um, you can have a look at whydidshe.com.au to find out more information. But of course, most of all, the um, doco airs tonight. Um, let's go through that again. Sort of at the when, when, where, how do we watch um, sort of thing so that we can all um, yeah. tune in tonight. Yeah, so it's on ABC TV Plus Yep. Um, at 8pm tonight. That's... And then we've also got an encore next Sunday at 6.30pm on ABC TV. Encore at 6.30 on ABC, um, you know, sort of free to air. So, And then, of course, his 8pm will say Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Hobart, or yes. I should say Victoria, yes. ACT, New South Wales um, type um, type of time. Um, allowing for various time zones around the country, as they say yeah. on the TV, check local guides, of course, for your time zones around <laughs> the country. Um, you know, look, and just just for you, um, AP, you know, sort of what came as as you went through this and, you know, now that the documentary's made um, and, has had, you know, and I know there's probably been a build-up of nerves as sort of you throw, metaphorically throw the party tonight. But for you, how has this been for you? How have you felt through mm. it? What have you learnt? What sort of things can you take forward? I'll say both as a filmmaker and more broadly as a mm. whole person out of all of this because it sounds like it's it, been a phenomenal experience. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been such a journey. Um, and it's, been, it's also been it hasn't come without its challenges. I mean, being a young queer filmmaker and trying to get something funded and trying to get something up. Also, that's about queer people is, is, is you know, we still live in a patriarchy. It's, some, it's somewhat mm. difficult. Um, but I've learned so much about myself as a creative and as a filmmaker and the types of stories that I want to tell and how I want to be able to project those underrepresented voices to the world. But I think as a creative, it's just taught me so much about um, listening just so much about acute listening to people's stories and, and really taking in what they've been through, especially our, our queer elders. Yeah. 
oh, look, I think that's a, that's a wonderful, you know, that is possibly one of the themes. Imagine if more people did some more acute listening. We might just have a better planet. And I do feel, and I know this, <laughs> this question is going to be a little left field, but, um, you know, thinking about there's something happening tomorrow in Canberra and many, many cities and towns around the country, and that is the March for Justice, which, yes, the focus is on violence against women, but, of course, you touched on the word the dreaded P word for patriarchy. And of course, patriarchy creates a hierarchy on lots of things for gender identity and gender expression and body. And I know it's not directly related, but in a way, to some extent, this film, whilst it's a lesbian film, it's still also, of course, a women's film. Mm. And of course, we've had all these, um, you know, the situation that has peaked in the last four weeks leading up to the March Mm. for Justice tomorrow just putting it in that context for yourself in any capacity, just any thoughts. Mm. I'll just throw it any thoughts there. It's, I don't think it's yeah. impossible not to talk about that. It's, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a crazy ride. And I think, I think something that most people have learned is that this, this documentary isn't just about, isn't just about lesbians and isn't just for lesbians. I, I think that the film is about acceptance. It's really mm. about acceptance. And I think with, with everything that's happening at the moment and with uh, the March for Justice, it, it just goes to show how we need to remember and retell in order to keep making change. And I think in this sense, there are still a lot of things that need to change. Yep. Oh, look, that that sums it up really well. Look, AP, I think that's a, a great note to finish our conversation on. Amazing. Congratulations for all your work putting this together to all your team, but, of course, to Phyllis and Francesca. Amazing. I'll look forward to um, watching that um, tonight or at some point, um, hopefully um, even after the Encore Prezzo. I would hope it would be on <laughs> iView as well for the ABC. Yes, it's also going to be on iView as well, yes. You can get it, check it out there as well. Yep, a great resource. And, look, as someone in my uh, who is a large chunk of my proverbial day job, does work in LGBTI aged care. It's very relevant to me, we'll say professionally as well as personally as a member of the Rainbow community. So I think there's a potential for it to be probably a great resource as well um, beyond all the, Absolutely. the, the um, sort of airings of it. So congratulations on it in every way for you for all involved and, um, well, hope you have a glass of whatever you want as you watch it air tonight. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, AP, um, director, producer of, um, why did, um, of a fabulous documentary being, um, um, I'm sorry, I'm having a stumble moment because it always happens at the wrong moment, of Why Did She Have to Tell the World? Check out whydidshe.com.au. In the meantime, thanks um, very much for your time on the show today again. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates right across Victoria. It's good to be here because uh, Aboriginal radio and um, you don't really get to do this much. Brings us all together. Time, you'll get your time to take that first step out that front door to freedom beyond these walls. Make sure and I just want to say thank you to all of you for giving us the opportunity to speak on air. The reason, the bigger the calling. Make your commitment and watch things unfold. And you can listen to audio from this year's broadcasts and previous years as well. Online at any time, just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. But also while I'm here, I'd like to say thank you for all for coming, um, helping, giving us a chance to do this. It's really good, you know. It's been going for a while now. Hopefully, it goes, it keeps going. You know, like it's, it's good that we can do this and um, get our voice out there as prisoners. We can't blame everything on the external, so let's stop looking for it in the hands of the persecutor, because real power comes from here and it comes from family. If you would like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 94198377. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon to one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Musically, thus far on the show, we had um, in honour of our ongoing mushroom um, tribute from the short note album by Matt Finish. The show opened today with Mancini Shuffle, the second single, although, of course, honouring short note, which has one of the best um, lyrical lines of all time, the wind will wind away. Um, try saying that three times quickly with a mouthful of cheese. And well, we heard most of um, the Party Boys from their self-titled studio album, the only one they ever made back in the 80s, and doing the um, cover of the song originally recorded by um, Argent, um, the songwriting partnership of um, Chris White and Rod Argent, and Hold Your Head Up, um, which seems like an, um, a, lot, a good lead-in um, 
you know, um, everything on its merits. Um, I think that's a great song for the moment for women and people um, facing um, gendered violence and discrimination. It has been a few tough weeks, of course, with everything that's being discussed and the, at times, in my opinion, incredibly poor responses of those who have the influence to change for the better, of some people who have the ability to change for the better. And I also um, played our message um, on protests because... um, you know, I was, um, you know, I wanted to mention something. I'm not, um, despite the fact that I'm a, a tran about town or a pan about town or something and do lots of stuff or um, to some degree, I'm not normally one to go to rallies and protests. I find them somewhat overwhelming and all that sort of thing. Um, and um, oh, um, I'll come to a comment that's come through in a minute because um, there's lots of things to protest about, about misuse of power. But I will be going to the Melbourne uh, March for Justice, which is at noon in Treasury Gardens now. Repeat, Treasury Gardens, no other venue. It has changed. Treasury Gardens, Treasury Gardens, Treasury Gardens. Um, so at noon, I don't. I will be marching with a group um, myself because I think everyone has a right to be, um, you know, s- um, safe at marches, Um from all, we'll say, all possible threats is all I'm going to say. I'm working on some journalism on that, um, which I'm got, I've got two sources thus far um, because um, an allegation at a recent march, I'm just going to say, was quite serious. I'm not going to say any more until I have the proverbial three independent sources. But everyone has a right to be safe at any march, including a women's march from any source. So for any trans people going, um, try to message me if you like, um, and, um, you know, in particular, and um, I'm sure you'll be able to march with the group. I mean, I just didn't, haven't had time to get in touch with the organisers of that group and say, can I put out that call? Um, because we need a diverse range of women there. Um, really important that that happens. And, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, um, I understand from sources close to the organisers that there's been a lot of effort to make sure it is inclusive and safe, but you can't, of course control everything. So a few things on this, the ongoing issue about violence against women, um, and I will—I better just raise the general content warning up a little here. Um, a great article, I think, that tapped into how a lot of people, are, where a lot of people are at, like someone who I, who's writing I personally really enjoy, and that's Anna Spargo Ryan, who writes in The Guardian, and on a lighter note, if we can have it, because we need a bit of lightness sometimes, posts lots of pictures of her cats on Twitter, but she did a good article in last weekend's Guardian. Um, the sort of sub headline for it was, "I know, I think I speak for a lot of women and and others," um, when she says, "I'm feeling really tired after the events of the last few weeks." So I would totally agree with that. It has been somewhat exhausting that we're fighting for this, and I mean, you know, the sort of things that we're seeing and hearing about in workplaces are the sort of thing you thought, "Oh, we surely we got past that sort of blatant physical and sexual," you know negativity in the say the 50 in the say the 70s and 80s but it's still there and of course the more toxic masculinity um you know that exists and it damages all people who are further down the hierarchy of body gender identity gender expression and sex um is going to be are going to be damaged so i think that's where a lot of people feel but um this yeah a piece that was published on the 5th of march um so just over a week ago um 
um, the headline is, I think I speak for a lot of Australian women when I say I'm so tired after this week. Well, I must admit I do feel that way myself, but I'm going to um, have to hit the caffeine and go along tomorrow. So, you know, please join me. Um, it just simply can't go on. Um, Hoffler has um, posted a couple of comments under the post on the face on my personal Facebook page. Um, wow, here's a, a terrible situation. I mean, unfortunately, misuse of power um, does happen. There's been a very difficult case in the UK of the um, um, unfortunate death of Sarah Everard in a, you know, a very horrible way, and police have dispersed crowds at a memorial for her um, because of um, the excuse of COVID-19 restrictions. And you've got to hand it, by the way, to the Pride in Protest group who managed to get a permit to march from New South Wales Police. How nice, you know, we don't need permits to have lots of people, um, you know, sort of um, 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 on that sort of thing. So, yeah, really important. Um, it hasn't, it has been a challenging week. Um, and oh, sorry, I'll just add a Hoffler's other comment. Um, on better news though, um, we, Hoffler's also posted that a trans woman has makes a women's prize long list alongside Dawn French and Ali Smith. Tori Peters is among 16 finalists with chair of judges Bernadine Avaristo lamenting the lack of older writers. Well, in line with our interview today, and also, um, if I can do a, a bit of a plug. I'm um, on a panel this afternoon at the Flesh After 50 um, um, event at um, um, Abbotsford Convent. Um, we'll be talking about on a panel called My Safety and trans colleague Michelle McNamara spoke yesterday on a panel called My Body. So well, here's one you know, in line with our theme of women and older women. There we go. Anyone would think this was all planned? And, um, well, no more coincidence. But we also have to look at times police may not always get it right, and that's probably been called being, I'll probably be called incredibly too diplomatic for that. Now, Molina has um, popped in an article um, which, um, you know, sort of um, has um, you know, come up during the week. Um, and this is a really, um, I will raise the content um, warning even higher. And I did see this article earlier, Molina, and of course, my. Um, free subscript number of um, subscription articles to the um, the nine media has run out for the moment. But anyway, I do know the gist of it. And that is um, a trans woman was ordered out of a women's bathroom, you know, a huge content warning for transphobia here um, um, this week, which is, and that's not acceptable. Um, and the thing is, um, the trans woman is someone I know pretty well and is pretty well known, is somewhat public, um, Simona Castricum, who does awesome work as a DJ, and, and there's a picture of Simona in this article at the Golden Plains um, in 2020, just prior to all the lockdowns and pandemic stuff. And a guard, I'll just say, at a Smith Street venue, um, made a, I'm just, I won't repeat the exact comment, made a highly gender denialist, transphobic comment. And the thing is, Simona wrote the rules on inclusion at live music venues. I mean, goodness me, it just goes to show that no matter where, even if you do the work, you can still face transphobia. And at least the credit to the venue owner, I'll, I'll place, you know, whilst it is public in the article, I won't mention it because they've said it was a very embarrassing mistake that should never have happened. Um, Simona was yelled at aggressively um, and um, the guards continued 
to um, tell her that she was a man. Um, but thankfully, and here's where we need allies, um, allies everywhere are so vital, um, we need to leave, and another woman came to her aid. Now, this is um, good that we've got allies, but it worries me that it took a cis woman to convince this guard that um, to intervene, um, to stop doing what they were doing, which says, why can't trans people even be listened to? That's, I think, the deeper level, which we all know um, is is the issue. And of course, it's parallel to women's issues. A woman might stand up and say, such and such a behaviour is misogynistic and won't get listened to. A man does it for her and suddenly there's change. And this is why we need allies in all of these issues. Um, so um, 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 the owner of the venue said the guard was inexperienced despite the fact that the club has a gender-neutral bathroom policy on Thursday nights and the guard was reprimanded and has apologised. Um, and declaring any possible interest, the staff are due to receive training from Transgender Victoria, um, where yours truly is a diversity educator. So um, this shouldn't happen, and it's just a case for having some gender-neutral toilets at all times so that these sorts of things can be avoided. But if you don't then explain it to the people on duty, well, these efforts, these problems are going to happen. But it is a tough time at the moment for women and um, trans women in some ways that are similar, some that are extra. Please take care out there. All right, um, let's get some more um, music going in con- in line with continuing our mushroom um, music theme of the last couple of weeks. Didn't get a chance to play this one last week, week and wishing all good health to someone who's had some health battles recently, Archie Roach, and a track from the um, original Charcoal Lane album, and down city streets. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Down city streets, I would roam. I had no bed, I had no home. Crawl out of bushes early morn Use newspapers to keep me warm Then I'd have to score a drink Start me up, help me City streets, I would roll. Use my fingers as it cold. In those days when I was young, drinking and fighting was no fun. It was daily living for me I had no choice It was meant to be Down city streets I would roam I had no bed I had no home There was nothing that I own Use my fingers as it goes 
3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Well, um, very getting very excited about next week's show. Um, and before I forget, I'll do one mention here um, at one o'clock on Freedom of Species. Um, their guest today is um, Chris Hopwood, who is the um, part of the Psychology for Human-Animal Intergroup Relations, FAIR, P-H-A-I-R, and um, he is the a prof- a professor, and um, you know, so that they'll be their guest today, um, and so um, that's um, a great show. And I've got to give a, a huge tick to Freedom of Species. Um, two new presenters joining the team last week, and very, very excellent. I also want to thank them for their ongoing cross promotion of Out of the Pan. Um, and last week's show was about um, issues of leadership in um, um, animal communities and, you know, who has the image, who has the publicity. But, of course, we all know people who can be prominent in any field might not be the leaders. And um, that's a really critical thing. So it was a great show. And I'd urge you to check out their podcast, which is up on their page um, for Freedom of Species. A wonderful show um, as part of the um, amazing breadth of programming on 3CR. Well, that um, programming um, has a massive um, bit of binary-busting breadth next week with our Binary Busters broadcast um, because um, next week on the show, um, it will be out of the pan, but um, I'm having a bit of a special because I have to... I mean, I, loved, I know I love doing the show every week, but one show stood out for me last year, and that was my guest, J. Andrew Baker, talking about leadership in queer communities. And it gave me an idea throughout January of maybe that's something we could do more of. And I couldn't think of a better way to start this sort of thread officially 
next week as part of the Binary Busters broadcast that is 3CR from 12 till 7. Um, so some regular programming will have a breather, including Freedom of Species, next week um, on the 21st. Um, yours truly will have two wonderful trans and gender diverse people. Kayleen White, who I confess, is a dear friend and mentor, if there's any conflict of interest there, but I think has shown great leadership. And Jacob Thomas, a non-binary person. So we're going to talk about that. So if you've got questions to ask, pop them through by all the means of communication. Um, and I'll pop them through to Jacob and Kayleen during the week as they come in, which is going to be really awesome. Then um, next weekend at one o'clock, um, we're going to have a show on prisons and healthcare, um, or prisons at, um, you know, sort of, uh, sorry, healthcare at one o'clock and prisons at one thirty. In psychedelia, um, has a breather next week, discussion about lingual construction of gender and uses of pronouns and names. There'll be trans sex work at 2.30, queering the air. Um, with um, MV will be on from, of course, three to four as usual. Um, we're going to have interviews with Simona Castricum, who we mentioned earlier on inclusive architecture, something more positive to talk about. Um, Megan talking about non-binary drag artists. Um, we'll have music and art on Sweet Dreams and we'll have more uh, more music from 6.30 till 7 um, instead of Shindig. So a great seven hours of binary busting stuff um, for the Equinox, um, which seems like a good time to have it. And then, of course, um, in 10 days after that is Trans Day Visibility. So it all leads up. Anyone would think that we were organised and we're doing a good job of kidding you otherwise. Seriously, not really looking forward to that next weekend. Um, so, yep, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Um, let's see if we've got time to um, just squeak in. Um, I'm just tossing up here. Do we do another track or two or not? Um, um, I think we can squeak in a couple more tracks. Um, so we're going to do it um, in continuation of our mushroom-themed music, uh, not mag- um, which is quite magical, but not that sort of magic mushroom. Um, let's have a track from uh, Skyhooks. Um, who, of course, were also a part of the Mushroom label owned by the now late Michael Godinsky, or started. And, um, well, I'm not sure. I'd love to say this is my theme song, but I'm not so sure. You just like me because I'm good in bed. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally.
3CR's Binary Bardstein broadcast is airing seven hours of trans and gender-diverse radio in the lead-up to the 2021 Trans Day of Visibility and as part of Bi Health Awareness Month. Bringing the noise to the Western gender binary. Tune in on Sunday 21st of March between 12 noon and 7pm to hear trans and gender-diverse voices Busting binaries, including in areas of art, culture, politics, well-being and resilience. Towards the Transgender Day of Audibility. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash binary busting. The 3CR Binary Busting Broadcast Project is financially supported by a Pride Events grant from the Victorian Government. Absolutely looking forward to that um, next week. But, of course, in the meantime, Freedom of Species coming up. Um, Adam talking with Chris Hopwood um, once again from um, the organisation FAIR, um, being the psychology of human-animal intergroup relations, FAIR society. That sounds like a good thing, and we love a good pun too. Um, So just quickly, um, well, the good news can... um, um, blow up with the cool breezes from Tasmania. Two bits of good news. Congratulations to longtime trans advocate Martine Delaney. Um, 
who was um, um, honoured on the Tasmanians Women's Honour Roll during the week. Um, very much deserved, um, Martine, a huge um, leading um, trans pioneer in this country and in Tasmania, and I, I do say a very good friend. Um, so very, very joyous to see that. And a very quick story that's just popped up in my um, various feeds, um, as, um, as the technical term goes, is um, a story, um, full credit to Auntie ABC, um, Tasmania continuing to push ahead. This only was posted 57 minutes ago, just before noon. Um, so um, um, advocates push to outlaw gen, um, what's called gender assignment surgery here. I'm not sure on this headline. I'm not sure I caught that um, sort of unwanted surgery on intersex children in Tasmania. Now, this is, of course, a big issue for intersex people, probably their biggest one worldwide. Um, Robert Wilson is not your average chicken farmer. He's born intersex. Um, he first noticed something about his body when he was eight years old um, and you know, siblings would say things, uh, about 1.7% of the population. Um, and he was actually made into a boy. Um, so, um, you know, they sort of um, incised out the... Um, well, I won't go into the details of what happened. Um, but um, full credit to the president of the Australian Medical Association in Tasmania, Helen McArdle, said only essential surgery should be performed on children. Now, that's exactly right. Um, you know, so if, um, if it's about appropriate functioning, yes, but if it's just, you know, putting people in a, bo in a box, so to speak, for the sake of it, no. So that's um, really important. Um, and... So really important that intersex issues get a Guernsey. I think of LGBTIQA+, not much progress on intersex, possibly the least. Um, all right, I'd better get out of here, make way for freedom of species. Um, and thanks once again to AP for guesting on the show today. Look forward to the Binary Busting broadcast um, next week. And um, be with you then with Kayleen and Jacob. In the meantime, have one another mushroom track, um, if um, we can... Bring it up. Um, Deborah Conway um, was also on Mushroom and her great album String of Pearls from early 90s, 1991, which is pretty early in the 90s, logically enough. Um, take it out with that one today. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in and sending in your comments and posting stuff and stuff and stuff. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. <laughs>